discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Father, we give you glory. Thank you, Lord. We are grateful. Thank you so much. And you are all these things to us. Thank you so much. You are the bread of life. You are the living water that flows out of Zion. You are the very air that we breathe. You are the lights that shines for all that you are to us. Thank you so much for your guidance, for your guidance, for your instruction, for your love and your kindness. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you that your word proceeds with power. Changes our hearts. Causes us to move forward. Results. We are ready to receive your word with meekness and with gladness. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You love Jesus. Ask anybody, you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. With all of my heart. Yeah. That's not like him, isn't it? Without him, nothing can work. Is it true? The earlier you learn that, the better. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for the word? Ask anybody, are you ready for the word? I've been sharing concerning what? Four important factors for change, isn't it? Four important factors for change. Things can change. Things can get better with the years. Okay? You agree? It can become better. The, the state of poverty can change. Your state of lack can change. Your state of sickness can change. Your state of depression can change. Things can change. Hallelujah. And, but you need the word of God for that to happen. If you don't get the word, none of those things are going to happen to you. You see. And I've been sharing concerning these four important factors. First thing is knowledge. Second thing is what? Believing in the knowledge. The third thing is what? Speaking forth the word of God. And I I remember the last time I spoke about this, I shared along that line. How that I'm not talking about. There are two kinds of confessions. The affirmations or sustaining confessions. The affirmations or sustaining confessions. You are sustaining what has been created already. There are things that God has already created in the the spirit. There are things that God has already done. GC. There are things that uh, the Spirit of God, by through the agency or through the work of, of Christ on earth, has been done for us. 
through his death, burial, and resurrection, a lot of things have been, have been brought into existence. Legally speaking, they are there. They exist for you and I. And the way to, to get them to work in your life is through your confessions. It's through the, the release of the word of God. Okay? Those things have been created by God already in the realm of the spirit. Now, your, your responsibility is to sustain them or to get them to, to get them to show forth in your life, to experience them vitally. Do you get it? Hallelujah. However, there's, there's, there are things that your circumstances may dictate which would, which would facilitate or necessitate the, the, the need of you creating certain things in the spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? Because no two conditions are the same. You have different conditions that come. Okay? And that is the kind of speaking I'm talking about. You see, when God said, let there be light, light was not existing in you. It had not been created before. Do you get it? He was now bringing it into existence from nothing. That's what I'm talking about now. Okay? So I spoke about getting, receiving a word from God. Rema, a specific word, and Rema is different from affirmations. Okay? These are the two types of creation. And because some people don't get it right, or don't get it straight, normally they, they, they say they get frustrated with time because they are using the wrong light for the different, the, the diff, a different kind of darkness, sort of. Hallelujah. You need rema. You need to. You need to receive rema. The word of God must be must be quickened in your spirit. Then you speak them. You release the word. When you release the word like that, it creates. These are creative confessions. I'm speaking about creative confessions now. Do you see? Creative confessions to change your situation, to change your world. You can recreate your world. That world of darkness can be recreated by your lips, by your mouth, as you hear the word of God, as you receive the word of God, and and re- release it in that moment. This is creation in a moment and sustained with your affirmations later. Sometimes we are affirming things we have not created. Or we are affirming things that we have not yet seen with our hearts. You see, that is where the challenge is. How can you be affirming something that you have not really seen, you have not really encountered, you have not really made a contact with? Doesn't make sense to you what I'm saying. Yeah. So, your mouth is very important. It can put you over or put you under. That was his death and life are in the power of the tongue. You see, he puts, he brings death first. He says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The way he brought death first shows you that the natural inclination, because of the fall of man, of the tongue, is for it to speak death. You must change it for it to speak life. If you don't change, it's going to speak death and bring death into your life consistently on a continuous basis. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see. So, the word works. It's not false. It's true. It works. It can change things. Things can happen. Glorious things can happen. Okay? Glorious things can happen. Just gather the word of God concerning that particular. And one of the major things that is, is also a factor, but I didn't include, is the factor of desire. How, how, well, how strong is your desire for change? Your desire for change is what will determine how these things are going to work in your life. Okay? If your desire for change is not strong, you must have a strong desire. Say strong desire. Strong desire. It's very important. I didn't add it, but it's very important. Okay? 
strong desire. How, how strong is your... Do you really desire to prosper? Do you really desire for things to change? For what you want to change, changed? Is it a strong desire or it's, is it de- depending on how strong... Excellent students in class, okay, and those who are not excellent in class, have this particular thing that differentiates them. One has a desire to excel. One does not have a desire to excel. He doesn't mind. You know, those are the ones who, when uh, the thing that the marks are over, the, the, the highest mark is 25 over 60, and they got 18. They're excited because they check every other person's results. They check your result to see, oh, what did you get? This person had 16. This person had 20. This person had 25. This person had 14. Someone had 10. And they had 18. Over 60. Oh, even the highest was 25. I mean, what? It's not bad. But the guy who had 25 maybe maybe disturbed. Because that's not what he's aiming at. He's aiming at 60. He's aiming at being excellent. He's aiming at getting the results. Getting all of the results. You see, that's what differentiates good students from terrible students. They are those who are complacent with everything. They are okay. No matter what life gives over to them, they are satisfied. You must not accept whatever life gives. Everything that is observable or seen is subject to change. Bible says that we walk by faith and not by our sensory perceptions, not by sight, not by what is around us. So if there's something that is around you that you don't like, you can change it. Things can be changed. Okay? And these, these are important factors. If you really want something to change, if you really want it to change, it will change. It will not remain the same. It can change. The cancer can go. The childlessness can change. The lack of money. There's nothing like, you see, lack of... Without money, a lot of things cannot happen. You know that, isn't it? When there's no money, it's difficult. Do you think what I'm saying is true? You see, you would never know how good money is until you have it. If you don't have it, you, you think, oh, it's... But when you have it, you realize that it, this, is, this thing is very good. It's, it's positive. It's not evil. Money becomes evil depending on who is holding it or who has it. If an evil man has it, it will amplify his evil. Money is just an amplifier. It's a neutral... It's money is neutral until it finds itself in someone's hands. If the person is evil, the evil will be amplified. If the person is good, that good will be amplified. Money is just an amplifier. If the person is a terrible person, if the person is a jerk, you know who a jerk is? It's a foolish person. Uh, it will not change him. He will be a bigger jerk, basically. But you, you need to prosper. You have to prosper. You know you have to prosper. You are, you are better off in God. You, you serve God well when you are prosperous. Sometimes when we ask for, we request for something, we want to do something. You want to give, but you, you, the, the dare is not there for you to give the dare. You get it? <laughs> the mean is not there. You, you realize? Can you imagine we had $10 million? $10 million. For someone, it's nothing. It's chicken change. It's just it's nothing. Why shouldn't it be like that for you? What will you do with $10 million? You give your fight, isn't it? And if you give your fight, that will change a lot of things in the, in the house of God, isn't it? 
Is it true? Yes. There are some plots of land that we found in Accra. It's $150,000. I need to raise money for it in the next few months. $150,000. That's about 620,000 Ghana cities. That's 6.2 billion old cities. And we'll buy it. Just for the land. We'll buy it. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It'll be bought. Before I will come in, the next time you hear me talk, I'll say we've bought it. So you need to prosper. You see, if, if you are prospering, or if you are really prosperous, there are a lot of things that can happen very, very easily. And I'm, I'm sharing with you what can help you prosper. Okay? You like what I'm sharing with you? I'm sharing with you what can help you prosper. If you would do these things, if you would, you would, you would take advantage of God's word. Life is spiritual. It is not physical. I was listening to a message by a wonderful man of God who introduced a 38-year-old man whom he had gone with to go and preach somewhere. I'm talking about Yonge Cho now. Okay. He went to preach uh, in, in, in America and he went with one of his sons in the Lord, one of his uh, members in church. The guy was 38 years old and he was a multi-millionaire. Multi-millionaire. He was just 38 was a multi-millionaire. And he was telling, so he told him to stand up. He wants to say, share his story with them. He said, well, this guy goes around with me everywhere. I mean, he's been traveling with me for so many years. Just about 10 years ago, he was very, very poor. That was when he was 28. He was so poor, he didn't know what to do with himself. He was a pauper. You know who a pauper is? Someone who is really poor and does not know where the next meal is going to come from. That's how poor he was. 10 years before. And he said, oh, I, I just shared the word of God with him and showed him what he should do. I just told him that he should learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. You see, like I was sharing with you last week. You see. Learn to hear the Holy Spirit. If you learn to hear the Holy Spirit, you'll be fine. And he took it seriously. The challenge with some people is that they've been in church for a long time, but they've not yet heard the word of God that we are talking about. They've not yet heard. You know, you can be in the system and you've not yet heard. You're always coming and going, but your ears have not yet been opened to hear what we are saying. Because every time when the word of God is coming, you are distracted. You allow things to distract you. When, when distraction is, is in the system, you, you, are not, you are not permitted to prosper. Yeah, because you are distracted. Your focus is off. As I'm talking, your mind, you know you can decide to listen to what I'm saying. And decide not to listen. All with your mind. You can decide, we're going to listen to Pastor T right now. Or you can decide, uh, let's hear. It can come to your sound without any meaning. But this young man heard what the pastor said. And took advantage of it. So he knew he was poor. That was his problem. He was not sick. He had a lot of strength. You know what your challenge is. Sometimes you realize you are strong. You ask for you when it comes to sickness. It has nothing to do with you. Sickness has nothing to do. Malaria doesn't. You don't even have. You don't have any of those things. Throughout the year, you are fine. Do you see? But when it comes to money, you realize that you are really poor. You there's a need. Find scriptures along that line. Okay. Find scriptures. Find out what God has said concerning prosperity. And sit down. Listen. Stuff it into your spirit. The Bible says that when the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves. Stuff yourself up with that word. Get it inside. He became poor so that I through his poverty might become rich. 
I, I, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Gather scriptures along those lines. You get it. St- and stuff yourself. Believe it. Meditate on it until it becomes your the controlling thoughts. Until you get to know that really I'm rich. There's nothing outside that is supposed to be inside. And there's nothing inside that is supposed to be outside. Everything. Can you imagine that everything we need is inside? Do you believe what I'm saying? All the money that you will ever have in your life are all inside. First Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 11. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 11. Oh, bless you for verse 9. So it makes more sense for us, okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love him? If you didn't love him, you wouldn't be here on Sunday morning. There are people just like you who are somewhere else on Sunday morning. They are fooling around. They went for a club last night. They are so tired this morning, they are yet to wake up. You woke up early and you are here. You love God. That's a show that you love God. If you love God, you'll be in his house. And that's what you've done. So you do love God. Now God is saying that there are things that he has hidden concerning. There are things that eye has not seen, nor ear heard. Neither has it gone into the heart of any man. Meaning that the things that, the, the kind of prosperity that God wants for you, or God has for you when it comes to you, nobody has ever seen. It has never been, it has not yet been revealed to anybody. Hallelujah. It has not been seen yet. Can you imagine? What, I mean, what, what God has with, with respect to you has not yet been seen. Have you noticed there are a lot of beautiful things that you've seen already? You hear of big, wonderful things that have happened over the world. Yet God says that when it comes to you, it has not yet been seen. I can only, you can, these are things that you can only imagine. When they start happening to you, then you realize, wow, what God said was true. Hallelujah. Then it says, but as it is, uh, verse 10, but God has revealed them unto who? Unto us. How does God reveal them? He says he reveals them unto us by his spirit. He reveals them unto us by his spirit. Meaning that our strength is in the spirit. Our strength is not in the physical. Are you a child of God? Your strength, your your advantage is not in the flesh. Your advantage is in the spirit. In John chapter 16, verse, verse 7, Jesus said that, it is more expedient for you that I go away. Look at it. John chapter 16, verse 7. I like it so much. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. Do you understand that? Do you understand the word expedient? It is more beneficial. It is Your advantage is in me going away. <laughs> your advantage is in me going away. So stop crying that Jesus should be with you. Or Jesus should show himself to you. The advantage that you have is in him going away. Because in his, in his departure, the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. The Holy Spirit is Jesus everywhere. Jesus was limited. He could, he could only be in one. Because he was, when he was walking on, on the earth, he had flesh and blood. And was, he was subject to locations and to time ranges. He could only be in a time range. And be in a specific place at a, at a time. That is why I said that the time cometh for the Son of Man to be glorified. I set a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies. It abides a little. But when it dies, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. What he was saying was that when I die, my, my glory is in me dying. When I die, I'll be able to enter every single man. 
and be in every single man's life. You know, during those times, they had to come and come and see him. Jesus made that particular statement when some Greeks came from Greece to come and see him in Jerusalem. And he was not happy about it. Why should someone have to move to a location before he can have an encounter with God? Or have an encounter, have an experience with Christ? It's not supposed to be like that. We don't have to go on a pilgrimage before we can experience God. In our case, God is in us. How is he in us? He's in us in the person of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now in us. Why is he there? He says, it is more expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the, the Spirit of truth says, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come. The word comforter means counselor. It means guide. The one who guide, he guides you into truth. He guides you into reality. He gui- he's the one to guide you into your prosperity. He's the one to guide you into your greatness. He's the one. Listen, he told Abraham, follow me and I will make you great. That was what God told Abraham. He said, follow me and I will make you great. Didn't you read that in your Bible? That same God who said that to Abraham is the same God who is sitting inside you. But we don't mind him. That is a challenge. Every single thing that you require is inside with him. But we don't, we don't pay attention to him. We focus on our outward man and forget about inward man. That's why I'm teaching you these things. To learn to focus on the inward man. Do you see? To learn to fo- Our advantage is, is in the spirit. That's why Paul said that we do not have confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is not in the flesh. That was one of the first scriptures I quoted for you when I started this series. Our confidence is not in the flesh. Okay? Because our confidence is in the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Say my confidence is in the spirit, not in the flesh. Yeah. Look at it. This is so nice. John 16:7. It says in the, in the Amplified, however, I'm telling you nothing. But the truth when I say it is profitable, it is good, it is expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. It is more advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, what is he there to help you for? He's there to help you in life, to guide you into greatness. That is what he's there for. If only you'd learn to listen to him, you'd be fine. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's his job there. You know, one of the things that happens when the Holy Spirit comes into you, the day you receive the Holy Spirit, he comes into you with an ability to to speak a certain kind of language. There's a language that he comes with, isn't it? When you receive the Holy Spirit, you, you begin to speak in the language of the Spirit. He gives you a language. There's a language he gives to you. It's called the language of the Spirit. Speaking in tongues. You begin to speak in tongues. Kola, safali, keshe, now those 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 words are not ordinary they are not ordinary speaking in tongues is not an ordinary thing at all it's not an ordinary thing at all let me let me try and explain it a little for you okay how important this thing is this thing that we've been doing you know when when you come to church you see begin to speak in the language of the spirit this is the power of God. See, it is the power of God. If only you understood it. Let me help you. Let me help you understanding a little. Should I help you understanding a little? Before Adam fell, Adam had a language. Adam's language was perfect. Adam had a language that he could communicate with God with. Okay? That was a language he was called. A perfect language he had. He had a perfect language. Perfect language that he could communicate with God. You know? God will come in the cold of the day, 
sit with Adam and Adam will talk with him. Do you think he was speaking tree? Do you think he was speaking English? Do you think he was speaking Hebrew? Do you think he was speaking Greek? There was a language, there was a special language that he had. And he would commune, commune with God and have the most intimate of relationships or the most intimate of fellowships with God. But when Adam fell, at the Tower of Babel, the Bible says they had one language. They had, what language was it? Have you ever, have you ever thought about it? What language were they speaking? Before the, the Tower of Babel. Adam had the language that was perfect like a glass, a glass vase, you know, like what we have up there. Perfect. But at the Tower of Babel, God pushed that glass down and it fell into pieces and everyone took one, one of the pieces and went away into his country with that particular piece. So that the language, English, when you speak English, you are, for instance, you are praying to God, Father, I give you glory. I give you, you are using just a, a little fraction of the original language that God wants. You cannot reach God through that particular means. It, it, it doesn't work. So the first thing the Holy Spirit gives to you is to give you an, an ability to speak. To talk. It gives you the, the most perfect of languages to be able to talk to God. To be able to communicate to God. To be able to have the deepest of fellowships with God. Speaking in tongues. It is the, it is the highest form of communication that anybody can have with God. That's why it says that whoever speaks an unknown tongue does not speak unto men. But he speaks unto God. And he's speaking mysteries. Mysteries concerning his own life. His own life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Spirit that he brings you a language. He shows you how to be able to talk. You see, before a child can be able to relate to this world, he needs to be able to talk. If he's, if he's talking, he can learn. Without talking, he can't learn well. Do you agree? Yeah, so we, we teach him how to speak our language so that we can relate with him very well. The same way so God comes and gives you a language and teaches you how to relate with God very well. So that you can know the things that are hidden concerning your own life. See? Hidden concerning your own life. As you speak in tongues, there are interpretations to it. Those are prophecies. Whatever. When you speak in a kalaba there's a meaning. There's something related to it. That's why it says that pray in tongues until you prophesy. So it's not a language. It's not, it's not an ordinary thing. It's too important. We should not play with it. We should not think it's one of those things. See, on the day of Pentecost, a show, a show of the, what I'm talking about is what happened on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2. When they speak in tongues, the Bible says that the people came and heard them speak in their own language. You think they were speaking different languages? They were all speaking in tongues. And that tongue was heard by them in their own language. Do you understand? So Peter might be speaking in tongues. Zuman, Vili, Gujaman. The guy who speaks Greeks, Greek can hear him speaking Greek. The guy who speaks Hebrew can hear him speaking Hebrew. The guy who speaks Parthians can hear him speaking Parthians. The guy who speaks Chinese can hear him speaking Chinese. Same language, but being heard by different people in a different way. Hallelujah. He said, how can we hear in our own, them speaking in our own language? Parthians and Medes. Go back. Go to verse, go to verse 9. Parthians and Medes and Elamites. And the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia. Look at the number of countries. Phrygia, and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the past of Libya, Basayin, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. We hear them. We are hearing them speaking in our tongue. How come? See, because that was a perfect language Adam had. 
there's no wonder God, Jesus was not praying with his disciples most of the time. I realized he would go alone and pray. Because he would want to use the most intimate of languages to communicate to God. And that's the language of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So that is, it, is more, it is more beneficial for you that you have the Spirit of God. Let's take advantage of his presence in us by focusing on the Word of God. He uses the Word of God. Without the Word of God, he cannot communicate with you. Do you see? Without the Word of God, he cannot communicate with you. That is why I said fill your heart, fill your system with the Word. Fill your system with the word concerning whatever. No matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes. Have enough patience. Okay? Take enough time and get this particular thing done. It's better, you see, it is better to get your foundations done accurately than go up and realize that your foundation is not good. You have to bring the whole building down. No matter how many years you have to spend on the foundation, spend it on the foundation. Get the foundation right and whatever you build on will be okay. We spend so much money on the foundation of this building so that when we go up, we can go up without worrying. If you don't get the word of God inside, you have a challenge of time. As time goes on, you realize, ah, it's not, there's something going on that is not right. Advantage is spiritual. That is advantage. Adva- the word of God is advantage. Speaking in tongues is our advantage. These are things that those who are outside do not have. He says that, I'll, I'll, I'll let, it says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it cannot see him. You see, that's what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, verse 16 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father in verse 16, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. They can't see him. This is, this is, the, this is the most powerful element in the whole world. The most powerful person in the whole of the universe, the creator of the universe is the one they cannot see. They cannot hear. They cannot receive. But he says, but you, you know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You know him. You know him. The others do not know him. You know him. Take advantage of his presence in your life. Do you like what I'm saying? Take advantage of his presence in your life. He's the advantage that we have. That's why I was praying God told me, the Holy Spirit is your only principle. He's your only means. The Holy Spirit is your only principle. He's your only means. I don't have any principle anywhere. I don't have any means anywhere. He's my only principle. He's my only means. He's the one to show you what to do per time. And guide you. His job is to guide you into all reality. To guide you into all truth. That is his job. To guide you into prosperity. To guide you into greatness. He says, follow me and I will make you. His job is to make you. Your job is to follow him. Hallelujah. So as you, as you think on the word like that, you're working, you're believing. The Holy Spirit is there with you. He's brooding on the word. He will speak to you. This young man, when he was told by his pastor, what I'm sharing with you now, took it seriously. He started practicing it. You know, sometimes we hear these things, but we don't practice it. It doesn't become a practice. It takes so long. You know, and I don't blame you much. Children may have different... Uh, uh, Circumstances altogether, I mean, depending on who they are. A child may take four years to speak, isn't it? Another child will use about a year to speak, or two to speak. So we we'll all get it at, a different, at different times, isn't it? God is patient enough, but be, be active, okay? Tell him about be active. Use the word of God. It's not an ordinary book. Tell him it's not an ordinary book. It can change your life forever. Yeah, that's what it's there for, to change everything concerning you. 
That's what it's there for. It's not there as a history book. It's not history. If you want to know history, read something else. This is, a, this is the power of God. And so God breathing on it can change your life. Hallelujah. Speak in tongues for some time. Let's speak in tongues. Just stay up yourself in the spirit. Praise the Lord. So from now on, when you're speaking in tongues, know that this is the, the perfect of languages. Okay? For your communication with God. For your fellowship, for the deepest of fellowships with God. Yeah, this is the perfect. That's why even when we are watching, we say speaking a language because that's that's the only way you can express. I have so many stories to tell you. There was this other man, was this man who had a, he was also uh, he started a business, was working. I mean, same church in Yongijo's church. Business was working, growing. He, he had employed about two thousand people. It was working. I mean, if someone has employed 2,000 people, when, when payday comes, that's a lot of money, isn't it? When, if, can you imagine if you are paying each person at least 2,000 Ghana cities? How much is that? 2,000 times 2,000 is what? 400,000. 400,000 Ghana cities, isn't it? That's a lot of money. Now, this man was going to pay his, his... It's actually 4 million Ghana cities. Sorry, 4 million Ghana cities. Not 400,000. 4 million. Three zeros, isn't it? Three zeros on each side, so 4 million. Hallelujah. He was going to pay his, his people... And he went to the bank. It was getting to the end of the year, so bonuses and everything was inside. Yearly bonus. So you can say to some in some companies, yearly bonus is twice your pay. They'll give you two times your pay and add it to your your, your pay for you, so that you get if you're getting two thousand, you get six thousand in that particular month, so you can do something with it. That's generous, very generous companies, isn't it? Multinational. That's what they do. That's actually how it's supposed to be. We are cheated most of the time. We are cheated most of the time. That's how it's, that's the normal thing. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay? So he went to the bank, took all this money, let's say 10 million Ghana cities, and brought it to his house, his, his office, locked it in the safe, not knowing a, a beggar or a thief had gotten a wind of it. So he came in and carried the whole safe away. <laughs> took everything away. The man came to the office and realized that everything was gone. And that was that was a lot of money that had gone away. And it really it had really affected it really affected him. So he walked into his pastor's office. Depressed, he told his pastor, Pastor, I don't know, I don't know what to even I don't know what language to even pray with. I don't know whether to speak Korean or to speak Japanese. I don't know. The thing is so painful. You know, when you are you are so hurt. You, have you ever seen your someone cry, a child crying? The pain is so much. He cries like <gasps> he, it's like he gathers momentum to be able to release the pain, really, isn't it? Yeah, he, he was in so much pain, he didn't know how to communicate, how to talk to God. He didn't know what to say. The pastor told him, let's, let's just speak in tongues. Go and go and pray. Take the whole day off. Go and speak in tongues. He had, the pastor had built a place where they could, they could pray out loud without thinking about anybody. So he told him, go there and go and pray. And the man obeyed. You know, there are some people who will not mind. Their, their, their pastors are slightly esteemed. You know, lightly esteemed. It's like they are not powerful enough. There's nothing that they can really do. But he didn't. He was, he was educated. He knew what to do in the spirit. When he told him, go and go and pray in tongues. He prayed in tongues with him about five minutes and told him, Go. It was a lot of money. He told him, Go, go and go and pray in, in tongues over there. The man went there throughout the day, morning till evening, speaking in tongues. Rego Soto, speaking in tongues and weeping. Around 5 p.m., his wife was in the house and received a call from someone. See the call, 
and said, Oh, I want to speak to your husband. He said, Oh, my husband is praying up in the mountains. He said, I really need to speak to him. Actually, I'm the I'm the one who stole the money, I'm the beggar. And I need to, I really need to see him very quickly. The wife said, Oh, he's not around. He said, All the money, I'm in this hotel. Mention the hotel's name, mention the room number. He said, I'm in this hotel. All the money is here. I've not taken anything. Everything is here. Everything is intact. I really need to see your husband. Please let him come. So the wife called the husband, but the husband had to stay till the till morning. So he stayed till morning. In the morning, he came down. Then he went with the wife and some other people to the hotel. When they got there, the beggar asked him, What's what is wrong with this money? It's like this money has spirit, the spirit inside the money. Whenever I take some to spend, I feel like dying. I feel like I'm going to die. I've stolen so much money in different places at different times. And I've never had this particular experience. But how come, like, I'm, what, it's, when, when I take it, I, it's like I'm going to, ha- I'm going to miss a, a heartbeat and die. And the money is talking to me not to touch it. I can't spend it. Come, come and take it. So when the man came in, he said all these things to him. And then he asked the man, what, what, what is it? How come this money has spirit? It's like it has, what is it? Then he told him, oh, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. You need Jesus Christ. They led the guy to, to Christ. He spoke to him. He led the guy to Christ. Got him born again. The guy's a pastor in that same church. Oh, he was. Hallelujah. If only we would take advantage of what we have. You see. We have, to, we have to take advantage of what we have. It's like having good and not using it. Hallelujah. This other guy. 28 year old. I mean, struggling. So he went to pray. Took the word of God concerning prosperity. Looked for, I mean, look for a book, a good book. Can a couple has written good books concerning prosperity? What to do? Took them. You know? I mean, if you if you are struggling with fighting, you are not permitted to prosper. You are struggling with fighting now that you are you have hundred cities. You can't give how much is that? Ten cities. If you get ten million dollars, you cannot give your one million. There's a guy, I was praying some time ago, and God spoke to me about someone. Someone in church. God told me, go to him and tell him to release his tithes. If he doesn't, he will lose everything he has. Can you imagine? Now, this guy was going to, he was going to have a very big, he wanted to do something very important. And didn't have any money for it. He was complaining. came to see me. Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. How is this going to work? And I swear God spoke to me. Spoke to me to tell him that everything is going to come to pass. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. I said big things for him. You know, Things that he could, not, he could not understand. You get it? It was difficult for him to believe. I told him you will get not less than $100,000. Yes. And he didn't, he didn't have $2,000 when I was talking to him. Or $1,000 when I was talking to him. He didn't have it. He had nothing. He didn't know how this project was going to be done. He needed a house. I told him the house will somehow dash you a house. I told him all that. Somehow dash you a house. Now, it is happening in his life right now. He has forgotten about God. The $100,000 has come and he has not released his title. So God told me, go and tell him to release his title or else he'll lose everything. So I'm going to travel because of, just because of him and go and tell him, release your title or else you'll lose everything. <laughs> you are not permitted to prosper. Yes, you are not permitted to. You see, has come. when he saw the money, he was just. Yeah, he just got the house, very big house. He doesn't even know what to do with it. Those that forget, yes, he's forgotten. You must be a committed, consistent tither on every means and earnings that you have. <laughs> or else you are not permitted to prosper. Because when the money comes to destroy you, to kill you, 
These are things that the soul God will be telling you as you pray. Okay, so this guy that I'm talking about, this 28 year that I was talking, I was talking about, gathered information concerning it and got to know what he was supposed to do. And saw in the word of God that he cannot be poor if he follows the voice of the Spirit of God for himself. So he started committing himself to prayer. You see, prayer, there, there's, there, there's no portion of the Bible that says that this portion is for pastors only. Have you ever seen that? You are reading your Bible, you get a portion, and then it says for pastors only. Do not read if you are not a pastor. Is there anything like that? There's nothing like that. Everything in there is written for everybody. Hallelujah. God cannot hand over big things to you until you are trained spiritually. And I'm going to talk about spiritual, training yourself spiritually the next time. Okay? God cannot hand certain things over to you until you are trained spiritually. No matter how excellent your training is in the world, you must be trained spiritually. Pick Moses for instance. God wanted Moses to do what he really called him for. We do not know Moses as uh, the one who was taken into Pharaoh's house. You know, Pharaoh was a, uh, uh, Moses was a, was a warrior. He led Egypt to defeat Ethiopia. You don't even know about it. You, know about, you don't know about it. What do you know Moses for? You know Moses for bringing Israel out of Egypt. Working wonders in Egypt. And working wonders in the, in the wilderness. And leading Israel through many victories. That's what you know. You don't know about his, his works and his wonderful things, that, the wonderful things that he did in Egypt there. You don't, you don't know about it. The guy was schooled in every, he was schooled in all the seven facets of Egyptian knowledge. Architecture, agriculture, science. Every single thing. He knew everything. Eh? In, terms of, in terms of warfare, he knew. And he knew in himself that he was qualified to lead Israel out of Egypt when he was just 40. He knew it. The Bible mentions in Acts chapter 7 that he, he, he thought that they would understand how that by his hand God would redeem them. Yeah. When he was 40. But he was not qualified because he had not been trained yet spiritually. He had not been trained spiritually yet. God organized him to get out of Egypt. And God spent 40 years to train him spiritually. 40 long years. And brought him to come and deliver the church of Israel. And gave him another 40 years of ministry. Of real life. It is between age 80 and 120 that we know Moses. For 0 to 40, nothing. 0 to 80, nothing. I see what I'm talking about. You have to be developed. You have to be developed. You have to be trained. You have to develop yourself. You have to commit to spiritual things. Else your prosperity will be, will be abysmal. It's, it's like, it's, it's not really there. It's, it's like a swinging pendulum. Oscillatory, you know? It goes up and comes down. goes up and comes down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said no matter how long it takes, do it. Okay? And things will change around you. It will. It will. I'm sharing with you information that will make you a billionaire. That's what I'm sharing with you now. It doesn't look like we're in a big, a big conference, but that's what I'm telling you now. This guy took the knowledge, he studied the word of God, and in a study concerning prosperity and concerning who the Holy Spirit is in his life, as he was studying, that's what God spoke to him about leather. Leather. Do you know leather? He told him, get leather is your is yours. Leather is your own. Leather. Not ladder. Not follow the ladder. <laughs> Said leather. Leather is your own. Leather. So he thought about it. Leather. God told him, get involved with belts. Use leather for anything, for belts, for bags. 
for shoes, for, for everything. For what? For watches? Everything that leather can be used for. Use it. Can you imagine? And he started. So he started. Started manufacturing belts. You get a belt, get a hook. And this is not, this is, you know what I'm talking like, it's not high class. It's not something that you would buy. But he started. God says, I should start this. He started. Because you face challenges, you know. Patience is the last thing, isn't it? The word of God tried Joseph. You face, I'll talk about that. But he started. Ultimately, he became a billionaire because of leather. Established offices in, in, in South Korea, in Japan, in US, in, in, in UK, everywhere. I mean, he had offices within a span of 10 years all over the world. His wife would sleep and dream about a bag design that they should, they should do. You give the design, you should draw the design, and give it to him. They'll do the design and it will sell. They can sell a million copies of that bag. Yeah, she'll just be there and then it will come to her. Let's, let's, this bag will be nice. This is what the Spirit of God told me. You see, as long as you are shy to say this is what the Spirit of God told me, you see, you see. Sometimes you say something says, who is that something? Give credit to one of the one of the things that causes the Holy Spirit to work in your life well is to recognize his his, his ministry. If you don't recognize him in your life, he will not be working in your life as he's supposed to. You don't say something said to me. Who is that something? Who is that someone who's talking to you? Do you know that is the Holy Spirit? Check from the word of God. You know what his ministry is in your life. He's supposed to help you and comfort you and counsel you. And intercede on your behalf. Be your standby. The one to go by you. He's the one who is called to go along with you. How can you go without him? Moses said that if your parents does not go with us, you cannot go. Because Moses knew the parents of God and what it does. Without the parents of God, the, 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 the stuff means nothing. It's just like any wood. It's dead wood. It's nothing. But when the parents of God is upon it, it becomes something. God asked him, what is that that you have in your hand? What is in your hand? He told him, release what is in your hand and my presence will come upon it. When he did, the presence of God came upon it. And no matter the challenges that came in his life, that, that rod produced results for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is our rod today? What do you have in your hand? You have, you have your own life. You have your time. Do you see? What do you spend your time doing? What do you spend your days doing? Spend our days chatting with everybody and talking to everybody apart from the Holy Spirit. How can this presence come upon your life? So even though it's there, his manifest presence is not there. The presence that can cause a change is not there. You know he's there, but you, it, it cannot, that presence cannot cause a change because his power is locked up in the recesses of your spirit. It's locked deep, 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 deep down. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Isn't it? According to the power that worketh in you. According to the power that worketh in you. That power must come out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let's focus on the spirit. Okay? We'll, we'll, We'll get more. We'll produce more results through that means. That is our only means. And to get to that place where you know that that is your only means. The Holy Spirit is your only means. It won't work. A guy started selling leather. Raw leather bags and all that. I mean. He's not a millionaire. He's not a millionaire. Can God show you something? Say do it. Do this. You know that there are challenges all around. There are 
Nothing shows that it's going to work. But you know that God has spoken to you. You just know that this is what God says I should do. Yesterday I was thinking, yesterday I was praying. Spring and that's what God started bringing to my mind how we got to where, how I got to where I am now. You get it? I remember very well where I was before. When God told me, start this church. I remember where I was. I remember where I was lying. I remember very well. It didn't look like anything was going to come out of it. It didn't look like anything was going to... But today you are sitting here. Other people are sitting in other places. In other churches that we have. Can you imagine? 17 of them. 5 years. 17 churches. Isn't it amazing? I'm talking about $150,000. And now we are going to get it. What you are sitting in is a million Ghana cities. How much is that in dollars? $250,000. What you are sitting in. Bring any value here and tell you the truth. How did that happen? And it's not the only thing that God has given to us. We have other places, other places, other in other places. <laughs> but five years ago, it didn't look like nothing. It looked like nothing. It looked like nothing. You see, I'm sharing with you what I'm using. Okay? I'm sharing what I'm using with you. You must set a course. God must help you set a course that you must follow. And when you follow that course, Add five years to your life. Add six years to your life. Add seven years to your life. You'll be shocked at what you'll be producing. You'll be shocked at what God. And it's not. It's not a matter of. I told you. It's not a matter of what someone else is doing. Don't. If you do that, you have you have failed. If you do what is popular around. Oh, yeah. Everybody's starting a business. So let me. Maybe you also don't start a business. Maybe God will tell you. You don't get into. Don't do that. Work for this company. You may enter the company, the company may be giving you 500 ganas, but he will tell you, stay there. Stay there. By your presence, you will be like Joseph in that place. When Joseph entered Potiphar's house, Potiphar's house started changing. Everything started changing. Potiphar said that I have observed by experience that I have prospered because of you. Because of your presence in my life. Just like Jacob. Jacob was not working on his own. He was working in, 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 in his uncle's house. Isn't it? In Laban's house. Laban's house. And Laban said, I've observed by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. So the blessing of God does not mean start something. No, it depends on what he wants you to do. What does God want you to do? And that you must take time to hear God. Do you see? What do you want me to do? When you hear that, you can start walking. You can start running. If you have no head, don't move. Just hold on. Wait. Okay? Your change is not is not in view if you've not heard from him. As you believe the word of God, he'll show you, he'll talk to you. And you release that word. I know, I know I cannot feel. I'm the seed of Abraham. You, you, someone can say I'm the seed of Abraham and it will not mean anything, but you say I'm the seed of Abraham and it will mean everything to you. Because of your meditation, because of what has happened in your heart. There's been a change in your heart. Hallelujah. And the rest will be history. The rest will be history. The rest is patience. Patience. You are not bothered. Challenges will come. As for challenges and offense and troubles, they always come. Jesus said that in this world you shall have many troubles. There are, there are many troubles. There's nothing that you will do without any challenge. Okay? There's nothing. You want to marry, there will be challenges. You want to have children, there will be challenges. Every single thing that you do, there will be challenges. 
But when you, there's, there's nothing like when God has spoken. You know that God has spoken to you. You know that God has spoken to you. There's a scripture I've been quoting for you in uh, Psalm 105. That the word of God tried Joseph. Let's look at it. Psalm 105. Hallelujah. You love Jesus. Say, I love Jesus. Psalm 105. Let's read from verse 17. He sent a man before them. Even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters, he was laid in iron until the time that, the word, that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. It says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. <laughs> until the time that his, his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Look at Luke 8.15. I'll show you that and I'll show you this one. Okay, This, this is the story concerning the, the parable of the sower. Jesus spoke about how, how we can produce results through the word of God. He shared about four different groups of people who received the word of God. Now when he got to the last group, he said that the last group are those who produce results. Okay. Now, in Matthew, he does not show us the details, but in Luke, he shows us the details. In Matthew, he said that the one, that man uh, understands the word and therefore produce fruits. Some 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Even in the production of the results, there are different grades. You see. But in Luke chapter 8, when he was talking about this particular story, he, he gave us uh, access into some, some more information. He gave us more information. He says, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart... Do you see it? In an honest and what? So the others do not have an honest heart. They are not honest with themselves. You know, the word of God can come and is, is revealing yourself to you, but you will not be honest with yourself. You, you battle with it. Oh, I'm, I'm not like that. It's not really me. It's not. Have you ever experienced that? The word of God is coming, is revealing yourself. You know that you are the one they are talking to. They are telling you, change the way you do things. For instance, I was talking about how you spend your time. What do you use your time for? You can battle in your mind and decide that, oh, you use your time for God, but you are lying. You are not being honest to yourself. You are lying. In a, in a day, you may spend 30 minutes with God, but as I just said, as I just said that, it will battle, you battle in your mind, you decide. Pa, 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 pa. Oh, I've been, I've been spending time with God. It's enough. Instead of changing to suit what the word of God has said, and being honest with yourself, I am the one they are talking about. You see, there's a difference. When, when one... Two men went to pray in the temple of God. One went, stood boldly before God and said that, I give my fight. I do this. I do that. I'm a righteous man. I'm not, I'm not like this sinner. The other guy stood and hit his chest and said that, I am not even worthy to stand before you, O Lord, because I'm a terrible person. I know who I am. The Bible says that the one who beat his chest and, and revealed himself, allowed God to reveal himself to him went away more justified than the one who beat, who beat his chest and said that I am right than this person. You have to allow the word of God to reveal yourself. You see, it's the guy who produces results is the one who had, had an honest heart and a good heart. Honest and good heart. Having heard the word, he says he keeps it and brings forth fruit with patience. He brings forth fruit with patience. With patience. You need patience. Patience is, a, is, is too important. What is patience? I don't care how the lady called patience, you know. <laughs> What's patience? Let's look at the Greek word of patience so that we can understand even some more. What's the Greek word? Hopomoni. 
And it means steadfastness, constancy, endurance. Testament characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety in his trials. Did you hear that? How many of you hear that? You didn't hear it. Okay, say it again. It means steadfastness, constancy, endurance. And it says in the New Testament, it is characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety and even by even the greatest trials and sufferings. It says steadfast waiting for, patient enduring, sustaining and perseverance. Hallelujah. Enduring, isn't it? The word of God will try you. Cheerful endurance. Cheerful endurance. Not endurance with sadness, but endurance with cheerfulness. Excited endurance. Oh, this thing, it will change. It has changed. God has said it, it will happen. Today, when we were singing, when we were singing the praises, she said something that God said it, I believe it, and that settles. I don't care how things are going to be, it is settled. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven and in earth and in my heart. It's settled. Down deep in my heart, it is settled. I don't care what my earthly lot is. I believe in what God has said. What God has said is my experience. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what you say for yourself. That's what, that's what patience has to do with. You see, not changing your testimony. Joseph did not change his testimony when he was in prison. Joseph did not change his testimony when he was sent, when he was sold to, 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 to uh, sold into slavery. Before the word concerning him came, He's talking about before it came to pass. Because God has spoken concerning him a long time. If you read in Genesis chapter 39, you see how God began to show him dreams and show him concerning what he was going to be. What God showed him was so huge that his father rebuked him. Let me show you one. Go to Genesis 37. Let's read from verse 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was, a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. He was always reporting concerning how terrible his, bro- his brothers were. They were sitting on the sheep, roasting it in, in, in the desert. When they came, they said, oh, something chewed it. But they chewed it. Now Israel loved, or Jacob loved Joseph more than all of all his children because he was a son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream. This is when God started talking to him. You see, Joseph was different from his brethren. Not because his father loved him, but because of the way he attended to the word of God. Joseph, Jacob, would always sit his children down and teach them the word. Now, before Moses came, this is what existed before Moses came. When Moses came, he told Israel in Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 8, he said that in your sitting down, eh, speak of the word. In your rising up, speak of the word. Let it be as frontless before you, before your eyes. Keep them in, your midst, in the midst of it. I mean, talk about it in your going out and your coming in. I mean, talk about it. So Joseph, these are things that their forefathers or their fathers had before it, was, it became a law for them. Jacob would sit down and share with his children. Just like Adam shared with his children during his time. Adam would sit and talk to his children concerning who God was. And how to serve God and how to sacrifice unto God. If they all obeyed the word of God, Cain did not. 
Do you see? Isaac would do the same between Jacob and, and Esau. Isaac would sit down and share with them. Jacob took it and understood that there was an advantage in the birthright. Esau despised the birthright because he didn't know. He didn't, he didn't acknowledge the word of God. Do you get it? So jo- Jacob inherited the birthright or inherited the promise of Abraham or the, the, the covenant of Abraham. This guy did not. In the same way, all the other sons weren't listening to what their father was saying. Jacob, Joseph was the only one who was listening to Jacob. That was why Jacob loved him. It's normal. I mean, if you're in, if you're in a house with your father with your, or with your children, you know, and you love, all of, you love all of your children, isn't it? You don't hate your children. Nobody does. Really, I mean. Let's pick God, for instance. God does not hate one of his children. Do you think God hates someone? He doesn't. He loves everybody. But the one who comes closer will be loved with another kind of love. There are three levels of God's love. There's God's love for the world. There's God's love for his children. Then there's God's love for those who get closer to him. There are those God cannot do without. I read that in your Bible. I've shared along this line before. There are those that God cannot do without. They can't say the, the chick that is closer to its mother is the one that will eat the tie of the grasshopper. Have you heard it before? The one who is not close will not get the tie of the grasshopper. He will not even get the lips of the grasshopper. <laughs> Why? Because the one is closer, one is not. It's normal. So J- Jacob naturally gravitated towards Joseph and was doing nice things for him. And that caused his brothers to hate him because all of his brothers had ganged up against their father. You should, you should read your Bible. You see how terrible his brothers were. There was, let me share a story with you. There was a day, their sister called Dinah, you know, saw a guy outside, a guy who was a Canaanite. The guy liked her. And out of his like for him, for her, he raped the girl. He slept with the girl. And his brothers found out. When his brothers found out, they said that this guy has raped our, our, our sister. We'll kill him and kill everybody. Their father came in and said, no, that's not how we're supposed to do it. Let's do it differently. Then he said that, because the guy came home, you know, the guy after that had happened, came with remorse and said that he's so sorry. They should forgive him. And he wants to be part of them. He, they want to be, he, wants to be, he was a prince of Canaan. He wants to be part of their, their tribe. Then they said that if you want to be part of our tribe, we are going to have to castrate or uh, 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 circumcise you, not castrate, circumcise you. <laughs> Castration will be difficult, isn't it? We are going to have to circumcise you. Just like Israel is circumcised. And they said, okay, no problem. We'll do that and become a part of you so that you'll be, also be Israelites. Because we, I love your... He was a prince, so he, he brought his whole countrymen, he, all of his countrymen to come and come and be part of Israel. And they, 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 they did that covenant, ratified everything, circumcised all of them. Now, during those times, the circumcision was not by the way we know it. If you've seen a child being circumcised before, you realize it's not, it's, not, it's not a small thing at all. How many of you have seen some before? It's not a small thing. It's a big deal. My wife couldn't watch it. I watched it. I held my, my son's legs. And they were doing it in front of me. I'm a man. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey! During those times, not, they didn't have anesthesia and all those things that we have now. And they weren't cutting it with knives. They were using sharp stones to do it. And you are not a baby. You are a full grown man. They did this to all of the, all of the, the guys' countrymen. Took off the, the, the foreskins of, of, of their genitals. Took everything off. And the Bible says that at the height of their pain, the day of the height of their pain, 
Jacob's sons, ten of them, came together and went in there and killed every one of them for raping their one sister. They killed, they went against their father's command. Killed every, that's how terrible they were. So he didn't have to take Joseph to reveal their heart to their father. Their father knew them. They were challenged. The Bible says that they, they, they brought a lot of sadness to Jacob. Those are the kind of people they were. So Joseph was like an answer to a long cry of prayer by, jo- by Jacob. Give me a son who will listen to me. And J- Joseph was that son, listening to his father. And because he was hearing the word of God and taking it seriously, God started revealing to him who he was going to be and how he was going to be. And he started, his, God showed it to him in, in dreams. He started talking about it. So, and Joseph dreamed that dream and he told it to his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. They hated him because he was telling, look at the dream. And he said unto them, yeah, I pray you this dream, which I have dreamed. And he will not keep quiet. He was a young lad, wonderful guy. God is showing him things and he's just talking about it. So happy and excited how, how wonderful God is and how God is talking to him and everything. He came. For behold, we were binding sheep in the field. You know, he'll be jumping like that. We were binding sheep in the field. And lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves, your sheaves, stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. They, your, your sheaves bowed down to my sheep. They bowed down, your sheaves bowed down to my sheep. They hated him. And his brethren said to him, Shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams for, and for his words. This, this Simeon, all those guys are there. These are wild guys. Eh? Reuben slept with his father's wife. Yeah, he entered into his father. When his father was not there, he just entered into his father's bedroom and slept with his, his father's wife. Very terrible guys. Read about them. You see their exploits. Their exploits of evil. Jacob's sons, who became the 12 tribes of Israel. All their children depicted who they were. Their children continued in their, in, their, in, their, in their line. Terrible people. Just like any other group. Just like any other group. It's not unique to them. Just like any other group who do not know or not keep the word of God. Then he dreamed another dream again. Go to verse, verse 10. So God is speaking to him now because of, you know, he's, he's gathered knowledge, he's believed in it, he's meditating on it, and he started speaking concerning how he's going to be and everything. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and, the, and 11 stars made obeisance to me. 11 because Benjamin was part now. His younger brother was part now. This is the sun, the moon, and what? And 11 stars made obeisance to me. And his father rebuked him. Look at the next thing. And he told it to his father and to his brother. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy, thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? Stop that. The dream had gone beyond be careful. And his brethren envied him and his father observed the saying. His father was just observing the saying. You know, like a man of God. He was just listening to him. His brothers hated him. By virtue of your choosing, hatred comes to you. By virtue that you are chosen. If I choose somebody, come and come and do this. I chose you out of the Lord, isn't it? Automatically, people start talking in your heart. Why was I not choosing? If you've gone to school before, you, you are in school, you are in class, and the, 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 your class chair comes and chooses somebody to be class captain. Without votes, without anything. Ah, what is the meaning of this? We didn't vote. We don't like him. Who is the who's? Is it true? By virtue of your choosing, hatred comes. In our case, 
our choosing was from the creation, the create all of the creation of God, including including Lucifer and everything. God chose us before the foundation of the earth and chose us to magnify us and glorify us and be the trophies of his grace. And that choosing is what caused the devil not to like us. The devil doesn't like us not because of what we have done or have not done or what you are going to do or will not do, but because of your choosing. God has chosen you. And for that, he hates you. Do you see? So he will fight you every tooth and nail, every single step of the way, just like his brethren, Jacob's brethren did. Joseph's brethren did. They sold him. You know the story. They caught him, sold him into slavery. And, you know, even though a lot of things had been said concerning him, he was just going through one challenge to the other. But his confession, check Joseph's life. His confession never changed. He never asked God questions concerning why. What's the meaning of this? He didn't know what was happening, but he knew that God was with him. When they put him in prison, God was with him in there. He was made Lord of everybody. His attitude was what I was sharing with you the last time. Darkness is the means of producing light, and I'm not worried about what is happening to me. Patience. He was patient. The word of God tried him. It tried him. He stuck to the word. This is what God has said about me. I don't care what is happening to me. He stayed his cool. He stayed his calm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He stayed his cool and stayed his calm. He did not allow his circumstances to bother him. Because there are things. If you, you want to build a multi-million dollar business or ministry or something, whatever it is, it doesn't come. Someone said, if I knew that this is what ministry was, I would have lost myself in Because you see, there are a lot of people that ministry is what I'm doing now. Like, wear my nice tax with my nice... Uh, whatever, bow tie, I'm trying before you with my nice everything. I'm looking at the presentation. Ah! The ultimate is the lady's soul. Oh, we like this man. Oh, the, the guys who want to be like this. Let's come. <laughs> I like you. I want you to come <laughs> and be my chief. That's why I'll post you. I'll make you a pastor and post you so that you can also become like me. How can you become like me if I don't post you? What do you think? I'll sit somewhere alone, praying. Looking up to God to, to see what God will do with me and if there's something with me. You to go and go and do something. Hallelujah. Yeah, from one point to the other, I so many challenges. Makes no difference if you heard from God. The challenges become as prayer. They become as well as prayer. Instead of complaining, we praise. That's what we do. Instead of complaining, we praise. Paul and Silas, someone said. Paul and his wife, Silas, <laughs> and their child, Timothy. They <laughs> thought that Silas was a lady. Silas was a guy. Silas was a guy. Paul and Silas said that they were beaten. They were caught, beaten. You know, they, they tore their backs and kept them in prison. And they kept their hands in stocks. You see, when they're in pain and your hand is touching it, it's comforting, isn't it? When you're in pain, and your hand is touching that pain, you can soothe your pain with your fingers. Is it true? Yeah. And just if you have a sword or a tie or something, with your with the fingers, you can just pass your hand around it. Maybe you can comfort it, you can comfort yourself. But in their case, their hands were still in stocks so that they couldn't even touch their backs to console themselves. I would say that at midnight, instead of complaining and shouting at God, and seeing that is the spirit of call me for, what kind of calling is this? What is the meaning of all this? What am I? He didn't say you know, he didn't complain. Am I the only one? When I was a doctor of the Lord, all of these things were not happening. He didn't say that. 
Because he's an admit that this Acts chapter 16 verse 25 and admit that Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God and the prisoners heard that they were not quiet about it. They were not quiet about it. The singing on top of their words. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised. In the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the challenges, makes no difference. That's the that's attitude that we must develop. That's the attitude of the new creature. No matter what's happening around, I'll still be glory to God. I will never curse God and die. Job was told by his wife, curse God and die. But I'm not going to Patience. The word of God will try you. See, this is cheerful endurance, isn't it? Cheerful endurance. You are going through it. Go you will go through it. That's what I Who becomes a soldier by just signing a, a, a document? You just sign a document and then that's all. You, you, you just graduate. You are supposed to finish signing. Hey, it's not a soldier. They graduate too. And then you are there. You, you go and then you are just a job. Is there anything like that? Or something like that. You go to the army, you sign, they start training you. Start putting you through the system. You go to you went to school, you just for the first you got there that was saving candidate. You got there just candidate. They gave you a certificate. Go and go and work. Is there anything like that? You have to be frustrated through examinations. Exam can frustrate you so much your, your head can just divide into two. One, one side is cold, one side is hot. You don't know what to do, whether to put it in, what part to put it in. You don't know. Exam is so hot. Write an exam you are so you don't know what's going to happen to you. People hang themselves because of examinations. Yeah, you are taken through the system. The word of God must try you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See the word of God. Must try me. And I'm ready. I'm ready to try. The Holy Spirit is inside. You meet up with all the challenges. I would say that if the enemy comes in like a flag. The sort of God will stand against him. That's what he does. He's there. That's why the mission of the Holy is so important. He's there to raise that standard against the enemy. That's his job in your life. He's there in your life. He's there in your spirit to raise a standard of flag. Is that scripture says that Isaiah 59 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and to his glory from the right of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flag, you see the comma is after the flag. Actually, the comma is before the flag. Okay, so it's like it's supposed to be like this. When the enemy shall come in, comma. When the enemy shall come in, comma. Like a flag, the sword of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. The standard is what is the flag. You lift up a standard that is like a flag. And take care of what the enemy has got. You get it? Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. You, 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 you raise a standard like a flag. When the enemy shall come in, that's what God shall take care of it. So that's what God is inside to, to, to rise and help you against all the challenges of life. All the things that because he has spoken to you, he sticks to his word to make sure it comes to pass. He says, I will see and look for my word to come to pass. None of my word will come back to me void. So if God spoke to you, you make sure he ensures that what he has said comes to pass in life. That's his job. So you don't go all around, the challenges are too much. No, when the challenges come, depend on him. This was what you see. How are you going to deal with it? He will show you exactly to do it. And you'll be shocked. God says that be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayers, by prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses understanding shall mount God. It shall be a guard from your heart. A 
and keep your heart and your mind through that trouble. Pastor, 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 people don't understand how you're going to go through some of the things you go through. You get it? Yeah. I'm going to do this. There are so many challenges, but I was not abusing in the evening. I was not abusing. That's what the, I told them I'm not going to pray about it because God has told me what is true already. Yeah, I'm saying it's God. I'm not praying about it. I'm not God, is it true that you I know what God has got God told me, but I know that there will be challenges. When God says, let I'm taking to the land flowing with broken honey. <gasps> Brother, on the way between them, the location where you are to the land flowing with broken honey, are so many things. Read the story of the Israelites, you see what I'm talking about. So many things. But we go through them excited. It is called the Spirit of God working inside you. It's the attitude of the Spirit. We understand. Your, your spirit must be cultured. Your spirit must have that attitude. Not bothered by what's going on, what's, what's happening around you. Makes no difference. God promised you a wonderful wife. You married a wife and the wife is like, I can't cross by this one and two. God, I thought you gave me, you said you'd be a wonderful wife. Something has happened between the marriage, between the wedding day and the exciting thing that you are supposed to enjoy that God has said. You must work on it. You must have peace. You must pray. You must do some things. So God is decided to meet up all those standards. Hallelujah. Meet up all those things. And that's what it's there for. So we, we don't do by strength shall no man prevail. We don't do things by strength. We count on his ability inside. You meet up. You meet up. You meet it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. The story says, For after you have done the work of God, you have need of patience that you inherit the promise. Go down, go to verse 36. Oh, hallelujah. See, I'm prospering on every side. I'm prospering on every side. See, I'll never fail in my life. I know what to do. See, there's nothing like knowing what to do. Yeah, what do you know what to do? Let's go to verse 36. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of the world. See, don't cast away your confidence. That's great recompense of the world. For you have need of patience. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you have need of patience so that you might receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, after you have done what you're supposed to do, patience is the next thing. So in the midst of a storm, I'm like that people. All I wish to wait on God. Since the day that wait on God, shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. Like you They shall mount up with wings. Like you You see, the challenges, the, the wind that, that blows, okay, is the means to which the ego goes higher. Can you imagine? That is the, that is the means to which the, the, the ego goes higher. When the winds are blowing strong, all the, the ego does is just, you know, stretch out its wings and it's just you. You'll be gliding, you'll just be gliding in that hot, wild, wild temperature where every bed is shocking somewhere and kind of that is what he likes. In the midst of the, of the, of the storm, you just mount and you just glide, 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 glide and you'll be going higher and higher and higher and if you want to go higher, you just mount up like that and it's you higher. I'm like that again. I'm like that I'm like that to you. He has a very sharp sight. You can see what the Taliban is about to come. He sees it and prepares himself for it. Goes high. So all the ways to do to take him high. The challenges are to take him high. They are to make him perfect. You see? Romans chapter 5, verse, verse 4. Romans 5, 4. Let's read verse 3 so that we can, we can understand it more. 
And that's what is so bad. We glory in tribulation. He says, We glory what? In tribulation. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Tribulation worketh patience. Challenges works patience in your spirit. It says, We glory in it. And patience experience. Patience works in your experience. So, and as you go through all those things, you begin to get experienced. But that can be, you know, oh, this is what we've seen before. We've seen it before. That's why Elijah could tell the servant, don't worry. Those are the first and Peter that are He had gone through that so many times. He has seen the miracles happening around. That, guy, that was the first time the guy was coming. He told him, God, open his eyes. When God opened his eyes, he saw that mount, he went to sleep. <laughs> and I missed all the challenges. He just went to sleep. When he saw that the things, the soldiers that were surrounding those soldiers, I had to come against him. He just went to sleep. He says that patience, experience, and experience hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we say I glory in tribulation. Say that again, I glory in tribulation. That is our attitude. That is our character. That is how we are. Not moved. The tribulation and the challenge is that means through which our prosper. So be glad when the when, when there's so much poverty. Get excited. Start getting excited about it. Go around the poverty and say, out of you will come great prosperity. Out of you will come great, you will change, you will be shocked. You see, when there's no there are no challenges, you come comfortable. Because you're comfortable, everything is fine. And when you're aware you're comfortable, you better lose control. And you lose control, anything can happen to you. You leave that means, anything can happen to you. Hallelujah. Look, see, when the devil moves, when you're going through a lot of bad things, you should know who you are in the hand of you. The devil knows what you really are, what your content, he knows what you are going to do. He gives you many challenges. Because he doesn't want you to go. So when you realize there are many challenges around, look at your mother, there's nothing. Look at your father, there's nothing. Look at yourself. It is because he has greatness. That is why he, he has pushed your parents to become what they are. Count it up joy when you go to diversity. It says we joy in jubilation. We glory. Do you understand that? Do you understand this particular verse? Romans 5 3. Let's look at the Amplified. I glory. It says, Lord, but let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our sorrows and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and conserving endurance. Hallelujah. This is it. It says, let us be full. Let us be full of joy now. Let us be full of joy now. There's an exclamation sign there. Full of joy now. He's saying with excitement, be full of joy now. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.